Yeah, I'm uh, I'm an accountant. I work in the captive insurance sector. Um, I've, I've actually worked in that sector for 12 years, but prior, well, it, either in the middle of that, um, I changed career to being a teacher, uh, something I absolutely loved and really, really wish I could have gone back to. But unfortunately, following the 2016 election, that was made impossible for me. Okay, so how come? Was it a case of, of just politi- too politicised or something? Uh, like well, if you have a, a campaign built on research and revelation, if you expose a lot of things, if you dig into things such as Vision 9, Salisbury Care Home, the three million extra spend on that, uh, the population decline and students not returning, that was all me that blew those stories up. Uh, and more besides, the 30% of, of student uh, cohort that are being failed, uh, not by teachers or head teachers, but by the department, <clears throat> these sort of things, um, you get to a situation where people don't want you back. Okay. And, and, and I don't mean the school. Yeah. And you're standing this time around again. You're, co- you're coming back. Tell us a bit why you've come back this time and, and how you're sort of going to approach it differently. Because last time you were you were third, I believe, on the on the yeah, uh, a- overall. And obviously for a constituency where there was, we had two members elected, that's it's almost like taking silver rather than bronze, I suppose. But tell me um, <laughs> how... Uh, what you're going to how are you going to approach this differently this okay, time so 2016 i came within a swing vote of 55 of beating mr skelly who's now your president for timwald uh the reasons why i stood last time were it was essentially down to what was happening uh, across the island with budgets and you know money not being spent on things like mental health provision and education the education one was really the angle that got to me in the end because when you then Let's, let's say you have to buy a textbook for a kid so that they can do some revision. You know the system is broken. You know something's very, very wrong. I didn't want to be a keyboard warrior, so I put myself forward. And education reform, you've mentioned that before. I noticed earlier, actually today, you'd taken the pledge. This NA, The National Association yeah, of Head Teachers uh, came out with this sort of manifesto saying, mm. you know, ad, uh, telling candidates, add this if you believe in, in education reform. Is that going to be your, your poll uh, priority, do you think, or, or perhaps something that's going to be at the, at the core of your campaign? It's, it's right up there as one of my main priorities. So... <clears throat> The, the, the reasons why I, was, I stood last time exist today. That's why I'm standing again. Um, you need someone in there who's going to fight for you. I want to be that person. I know I can be that person. I've exposed a lot of stuff over, over the years. And one of the things I want to do is I want to fight for education. We need to. We're moving from the third industrial revolution into the fourth. We need to find a way to um, have students move from the existing structure into a structure that suits them so we're not we're not losing that 30 percent of every gcse cohort we're creating pathways for students so i th- i feel like key stage nine is the opportunity to change things we can introduce more stem based uh subjects and pathways you can do that through or some of that through a btec structure um and you can also do it through directly uh through more sort of vocational and some other more sort of academic uh, strands. I was talking to an abs- a lovely lady who really knows her stuff on climate, and she went to a school in the UK, and they'd taken the, the decision to go STEM, and it just opened up her whole world. And I, I think we need to be doing that because a lot of the jobs now aren't going to be there in 10, 15, 20 years. We've got coronavirus pandemic fallout. People are going to lose their jobs there, so obviously we need to retrain. That's another topic, but... We need to be getting our students into a position where they can take the jobs of the future. 
we also need to get them into a position where if they're going to go to university they're going to be thinking the Isle of Man really set me up I want to go back mm. there and for, for a sort of service-based uh, industry that we have on the island, you, you yourself are, a, are an accountant in the mm. uh, the finance industry. So do you think there needs to be more focus then on vocational courses? You mentioned yep, STEM. 100%. Um, yep. So, yep. so where, do you, where do you think the jobs would lie then? If you're concerned about retention, obviously at the moment, if you, you're talking about a fourth industrial revolution and uh, sort of a green uh, mm-hmm. a, a yeah. march towards greener yeah. technology yeah. at the moment springs to mind you know uh, wind turbine factories in Hull that kind of thing how do you expect the people students going along that pathway to stay on the island if there's not jobs here for that how- well, that that's the whole thing mm. there isn't the jobs for them so if you go back to one of the re- sorry if you go back to why I'm standing um, if you've had a look at my Facebook page you'll see my literature you see the four pillars uh, sustainable island uh, diversifying the economy, budget reform, education reform, all on a platform of um, public mental health and in, uh, increased youth engagement wrapped up in civil service reform. Th- that's essentially it. That, that's that's my, my national manifesto. Now, in terms of having these students return to us, Luke, we've had conversations with people before. Some people will move away and they want to stay away. It's not a lot you can do about that. Then you'll have students who go away who can't come back because it's too expensive to come back or um, you know the jobs aren't here for them. So we have to create those jobs, diversifying the economy. So we come back to that pillar. So we diversify the economy. We're looking at, uh, and I mentioned all this last time, uh, AI, robotics, all these things, they're out there. They're industries we can have. Um, even if you break it down to simple engineering, well, obviously engineering is not simple, but you, you get my drift. Engineering, uh, you mentioned the... Um, factories creating the the wind turbines in Hull. Well, we don't have to have that necessarily, but we can create components over here. You know, so we're linking up STEM then, aren't we? Because we're, we're talking about engineering. Okay, and your priorities, are you keen to keep them quite tightly bound? Are you, are you keen to sort of say, here's my four pillars like you mentioned there, mm. and not cast your, your, wet to, your net too wide and, and over-promise, I suppose? Uh, no, no. So... What I'm proposing is, and I've really thought about this, because at the moment you've got the programme for government, and the way the way things work is candidates are elected, they select a chief minister, he selects a council of ministers, they work on a programme for government, and then Timbald votes on it. That's not the way the programme for government was supposed to be brought in in the first place, by the way. Um, what I'd like to do is, and I'm putting this out to all candidates now, if you're elected, and if I'm elected, I would like to work with you on a safeguarding the future bill. This bill incorporates what I'm talking about, if you all agree to it, of course, elements of what you're talking about. We come to a collaborative approach, which is based on the research we've done and the people we've spoken to, the people of the Isle of Man, and we create a bill which becomes an act which creates a binding framework for government, which includes government reform, which includes budget reform, and so on and so on. So we're giving the island back to the people. We're reclaiming the island. I'm very passionate about this. Sounds like you are, <laughs> certainly. Um, obviously, over the last five years, you've been in your job. You've had to sort of watch this current administration, mm-hmm. the outgoing administration, yep. uh, go about their their uh, their doings. How do you feel they've handled it over the past five years? If that's not too broad a question. No, it's fine. I can answer that question. Uh I'm not being political when I say I think there have been challenges which have been unprecedented. We know we're living through one right now. 
It's been difficult for this administration to pick up from the Bell administration, which was not a good one. Uh, there was a lot to pick up, and I feel like we've been failed. Um, and without getting too hung up on green issues, which are extremely important, and that's part of my sustainable island element, there hasn't been the action on that. Uh, and we, we've had the IPCC report come out this week. And to be honest with you, it's frightening, <laughs> frightening the living daylights out of me. So I've, I've been to um, some um, climate uh, meetings of my own and the also, also the briefings and they, they've come up with these um, scenarios. I will circle back to your point, by the way, uh, the scenarios. And scenario three looks like the best one, which uh, solves the energy trilemma for us. The only problem is it doesn't get us to zero carbon because you still have biomass. So we need a solution for that. But I feel like that's come at the end of an administration instead of at a beginning. Hmm. Um, so, sorry, just refresh me on the question. So I was asking you how you felt about this outgoing crop and, and how yeah, they've handled the go. situation. Obviously, climate change has been an issue, though, I suppose. But let's talk about perhaps you, one thing you've mentioned in uh, in your social media and in your uh, sort of announcements that you were standing is transparency. Mm. Yep. You're very keen on an open, transparent government. And you mentioned that this government has been quite skirtish of if that's even a word of, uh, of questions in the media uh yeah so they they, they are they are skittish of questions that they, they dodge them they don't like them um and i when, when we're talking about how do i feel this government has done i don't think it's done very well and for me i feel like there's um it's the chief secretary that runs the island it's not the chief minister that's not a good state of affairs so how is this government done not very well if, if it's a civil servant running the island and not the duly elected representatives. Um, so, in terms of transparency, uh, like you'll see from the stuff that I've I've revealed over the years, that I've dug into situations, found stuff myself, and I've revealed it. I've been transparent, so I've been consistent over the years. I've done a lot of work behind the scenes, which has actually saved the taxpayer millions. Uh, and this is is some horrific stuff that's been going on in the past. That's been hidden. And even yesterday, I had a conversation with someone for about two hours, and I found out two more things. And it just the list is endless. I don't like the way our government conducts itself. I feel like it hides behind things, and I feel like it dodges questions, and I feel like they double down on lies as well. They do tell lies. We need to get back to being transparent. We need to get back to telling the people what's going on, telling them the state of affairs, and if it scares people... That, that that we've we've got budget shortfalls then it scares them but at least they know the truth and then we can collaboratively work together on solving these issues and that's what we need to do we need to be a government that works together we need to be a government that respects people mm. do you consider yourself a whistleblower over the past 10 years you mentioned no. you exposed certain issues. Not not a whistleblower because it makes that makes me sound like I'm habitually blowing the whistle for hate's sake or something. It's not about that. Mm. I, I I can't stop myself from helping people. Okay, I know it sounds really cheesy, but that's just who I am. It's the type of person I am. I find out things. Things come across my desk, um, and and if I feel it's important enough to investigate, I will investigate it. Mm. And do you think that attitude could perhaps get you into trouble if you ended up in in Tim Walcott? Well, I'm not. I'm not in teaching anymore, so I've already been in trouble. Right. So you're not worried about the, sort of the wrath of government comms if, if something came across. You'd be not able. You think you'd I, be able to stand up to them? I welcome that. Right. I welcome that that challenge, and I will push back. I am undeterred by them. They will not crush me or silence me. 
I will fight for people. That's what I'm about. Mm. And it's not, and I know I possibly sound a little bit aggressive when I'm saying that, but it's passion. I, I, I'm just, not, Luke, you've had people dodging the question of, would you stand in the, in the Council of Ministers? Uh, you know, which, which department would you like to be in? And then you've skirted the question. I'll be honest, I've got experience in education and in finance. So mm. for me, it's um, education or economic development. There you mm. go. I'm being quite honest and open with you right now. So you, you'd see yourself as going to the Department of Education, or would you, would you see yourself in, in perhaps uh, uh, enterprise or, or more of a treasury man, perhaps? Because you, you're good with numbers, I take it as well, given your, <laughs> given your background. <laughs> I can do numbers, put it that way. Yeah. I can do numbers. Uh, no, look, I'm an, account- I'm an accountant by trade. Um, I'm also a teacher, although I'm, I don't teach um, I do free private tuition, but that's me keeping my hand in and trying to help out in the community. Uh, Treasury, I would prefer not to work in. I feel like I can add more in education or economic development. But with this safeguard in the future, Bill, we're going to be taking away a lot of Komen's power and a lot of their their ability to, to hide things, obfuscate the truth and so on. So I don't I don't think there's there's anything wrong with saying right now, I would, if I was asked to be a minister, I would be one, but collective responsibility still needs to be tweaked. Mm. We cannot have Comey in block votes all the time. Can't have it. Okay, I want to go back to mm. sort of something you were mentioning earlier, and it, it takes us back to your priorities, I suppose, um, regarding climate change. Um, and you mentioned uh, yourself, you, you, you noticed the IPCC report this week, and you were quite affected by that. Um, you've mentioned that there's a need to build affordable ecological response ecologically responsible homes that's something i don't think we've heard particularly before and why why a focus on on sort of green infrastructure rather than what we've been hearing so far about the need to reduce that 2050 net zero target down mm. to 2035 you've gone for more of a of a of a like say an infrastructure approach yeah well carbon neutral doesn't really get us to where we need to be does it so we've got to be looking at other uh, green avenues uh, I mean, I, I mentioned last time, why couldn't the Isle of Man be a trial test bed for green technologies? You know, big promenade out there. Yes, it's probably not going to be finished in my lifetime. But, you know, you, you could have uh, road tested kinetic roads on there, solar pavements, these, these kind of things. All of that would feed back into the grid, but you could have been testing these green technologies. In terms of a sustainable island, um, we're looking at things like vertical farming, which, you know, in terms of the produce you get in your plates, it's pesticide free, um, 5% of, of water usage, all this kind of stuff. Vertical farms don't take up the land, they don't destroy the land. I'm looking at, so what I'm trying to say is I'm looking at the green side of things, not just from the energy trilemma and our need to replace infrastructure, but I'm trying to look at things holistically. Let's talk about Russian for a, for a moment here, because that's sure. obviously, you'll be going around uh, knocking on doors mm-hmm. you've been doing that already you, you mentioned i have yeah you have uh, what's the word from from your constituents so far so far it's quite consistent people are just really annoyed with speeding right. that's what i'm finding from people and I, and I must admit my house is adjacent to beach road and there's some terrible speeding goes on down there. there's going to be accidents you've got kids walking the pavement say you got all people going to the shops and that's something needs to be done to mitigate the traffic there um now, something I've picked up on that, that, that residents generally haven't is if you uh, are down on Gansey and the surfers are in, um, the parking there tends to create bottlenecks with traffic, which can be dangerous again or hold people up. So I'm looking, trying to look at a solution whereby you know, we can have a parcel of land purchased, put a surf shack on there, get those cars off the road. 
Um, what residents have been saying to me is they're disappointed that the skate park never went ahead. Hmm. Some residents have said that um, an outdoor velodrome would be a good idea. They remember me mentioning that last time. Uh, obviously, that that's a big cost, a big cost outlay, but why shouldn't we just at least look at these things and try to progress them? The skate park, I haven't given up on, by the way, for anyone listening. I, I'm, I'm all for that. So people on the doorstep, uh, they're very, they are concerned about the uh, climate and the green issues. They're also concerned about all the stuff we started this interview with, how they don't feel that government is being completely honest with them. And some of the people I've spoken to have said they're genuinely concerned for their kids' and grandkids' futures. Of course, as an MHK, you'd have to be, you'd be responsible for talking to your constituents, communicating mm. with them and relaying their concerns back to wider governments. Do you think, do you think it's more important to be, say, a national politician or really have your, your ear to the streets of, of Russian? I've lived in Russia most of my life, so, you know, I'm, I'm well aware of what's going on in, in the, uh, the constituency. Um. To, for me, national and local, in terms of being a politician, there is there is no differentiation. Sure, there are different duties, but there's no real differentiation between it. You are there to represent the people, whether that be on the micro level, which is local, or whether it be on the macro level, which is island-wide. We've got to represent everybody. Sure, there are um, situations which are specific to Russian, and you pick up on those. I, I've been doing things in the community for years, um, I don't I don't shout about it. I don't talk about it because I like to just get on things and I just like to help people. But um, I keep getting told off for not talking these things up. So I'm just going to say um, I do the free private tuition, which is helping out. So if you've got families who um, are struggling a little bit or there's been issues with their kids and bullying and stuff and they just need help, I will help. I'll do that. Um, and then the Spirit of Russian Facebook group I set up during the lockdowns because there was no leadership in the constituency uh, aside from Russian parish commissioners. So I set up that Facebook group just to get things rolling, help people out who are struggling, listening service, shopping and so on, and just help. I've tried to keep that as a very positive corner of the internet since. Okay, Mark, and we're fast approaching the 20 minute mark now. Okay. Um, it's flown by, I think it's fair yeah, to say, but yeah. just I want you to take the last couple of minutes just to, to, to say why somebody should vote for you. In essence, uh, I'm somebody that's been working for you for years anyway. I've been working, doing constituency work for years. Um, I have, I, I believe I have good ideas and I'm transformative. I'm looking to bring politics back to the people. I'm looking to, to fight for you and I will fight for you and I will not be sucked in by the administration and the wheels within and be, just become one of them. That's not what I'm about. I am one of you and I remain one of you.